Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Bezrat Hashem, Ben Asar. We will be uh, dedicating this year to learning Halachot of Erev Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur. And Bezrat Hashem, we should all uh, have the merit to have a Gemar Khatima Tova. So let us begin the mitzvot that we find on Yom Kippur actually start Erev Yom Kippur. In fact, it seems like there's a mitzvah min Torah during Erev Yom Kippur, on Erev Yom Kippur, and that is to eat. The Gemara in Masechet Yuma, well, let me say before this, the Rambam tells us that there's a mitzvah of tshuva, and uh, it seems that according to the Rambam, he, he describes the language of the Rambam, is that the mitzvah of tshuva, although it's a whole year, there's a special din in Kol Aser to make tshuva. So if we want to focus on uh, chronologically what we should be doing if we're in Aser to make tshuva, the first thing that we should really be focusing on is Hilchot, is Hilchot tshuva. But um, since that's not part of the Makoros in the Shir, so we'll jump from there to the mitzvah on, uh, on Erev Yom Kippur. Maybe we'll come back to Hilchot tshuva later on in the Shir. So let's begin. The Gemara in Masechet Yuma, Pei Aleph, says as follows. Tani Rav Chiyabar Rav Midifti. The Pasuk tells us, that you shall afflict yourselves on the ninth. We know that Yom Kippur is on the 10th. The Torah calls it Ba'asor. Ba'lo Ba'asor Mitanin. The Torah is telling us, anyone who eats and drinks on the ninth, it is if uh, views it as if one would have fasted on the ninth and the tenth. So from here we basically see it's a drasha. Is this a din doraita? Is this a kiln doraita? It seems. How, how does Rashi what the Pasuk is saying is prepare yourself for the fast. Now, how do you prepare yourself with the fast? That you will be able to fast on the 10th. And the fact that the Torah uses the word affliction, it's as if one has fulfilled the prohibition of um of, of the of the ninth as as if you fasted on the ninth. So according to Rashi, it seems that this is really a din in fasting, meaning we have a chiyuv to fast. And we have a chiyuv to make sure that we are preparing ourselves and we're able to fast. According to this, I'm just going to leave it out as a question. A person who's not chayav to fast, let's say a cholesh sakana, and he's not chayav to fast. Has he got a mit? Is there any mitzvah for him to eat on on the ninth on erev on erev yom kippur? According to Rashi, it seems like the whole purpose of eating on the ninth is in, to enable one to fast. But if I'm not fasting, then what exactly am I doing on the night? That's a question. Let's read uh, Rabbeinu Yonah's Sefer Sharei Kshuva. Rabbeinu Yonah gives different uh, explanations, but he, let, let's see highlight what we're going to say here. Ki b'shar yamim tovim. Anachnu kovim suda al-simchat mitzvah On all other chagim, we have a Sudat's uh, mitzvah, we have the Suda of the Chag. Kigdal vizge ma'ot schara simcha ala mitzvot. Right? Because the, 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 the reward of fulfilling mitzvot should be exalted, should be, should be great. Kemoshane mar vata imcha nimtseit pora iti besimcha litnadeb lecha. Quoting Psukim, how important it is if you a person doesn't do the mitzvahs besimcha. So Yontav, we need to do it besimcha. What is besimcha? You need to have a meal. 
as part of the kiyom of the of the simcha of the chag. But when it comes to Yom Kippur, we have a problem. How do you fulfill the, the kiyum of that on Yom Kippur? We have to fast. Rabbeinu Yonah takes a completely different approach to Rashi. The reason why we are chayav to have a meal on Erev Yom Kippur is because we meant to celebrate the mitzvah of, of Yom Kippur. Besides the fact that the Gemara tells us that Yom Kippur and was, was the happiest day of, of, of the year, right? Y- Yud Kippur, Yom Kippur and, and, and Tuba'at were the greatest uh, days of Simcha. So how we how we um, showing that uh, simcha in any form or manner. So says Rabbi Yonah, you do it Erev Yom Kippur, and that is why we have to eat Erev Yom Kippur. Now, according to Rabbi Yonah, the, the eating is going to be very different to the eating of Rashi. For example, if my whole purpose is to prepare myself for for the Chag, for, for, for the fast, so maybe I need to be taking, um, you know, very, very um, high sugar sweets and be sucking them the whole time, uh, or whatever other food. But I don't need to sit down and have a yotav meal. Maybe I should, I could have a bowl of uh, I don't know of noodles, whatever, whatever works for for. I don't know how people prepare for fast. I'm not an expert on, on what the best way to prepare for fast. But let's assume the best way, for argument's sake, is to is to suck a whole bag of, of 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 these sweets which are fully uh, full of sugar and to eat a bowl of noodles okay according to rashi that's the best way to fulfill the mitzvah on the area of yom, yom kippur according to rabbi Niyana, that's not a meal that's not a yantif meal sucking sweets eating noodles we're going to have we're going to have challah we're going to sit down we're going to have a three-course meal and then, and you should you should lay the table like it's a, a yantaf. You should your mummy bring out the nice cutlery, not the whole cutlery, but the the yantaf, the the shabbos cutlery. A very different experience if I follow the shita of Rabbeinu Yona or whether I follow the shita of Rashi. Okay, I'm putting that out there. How do we pass it? Says the Shulchan Aruch, mitzvah lechol be'erev Yom Kippur u'leharbot. There's a mitzvah to eat Erev Yom Kippur and to increase the amount of food that, that we have for Yom Kippur, uh, that we usually eat. And it's prohibited to fast. Uh, even a Tanit Chalom, a person had a bad dream, can't do it on Erev Yom Kippur. Now, regarding the question of, so how should I fulfill it? I've seen in the poskim that it seems that most people are choshesh for both the shita of Rashi and Rabbeinu Yon. According to Rashi, it could be that I should be constantly, you know, every every time I'm constantly eating or eating sweets or chewing some nuts, I'm preparing my body for the uh, for the fast. So, and that starts probably straight away in the morning and goes. Uh, I've seen rabbis that are, are makbid to keep on chewing the whole time, right? so that they fulfill the mitzvah of preparing themselves. But they also have a proper suudah before the, 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 the fast comes in. The whole, the whole family sits down, everyone's in big day, uh, yontif already, and the table is set like a yontif meal. So it seems like the minag Yisrael is to do both. Um, but I'm not sure how you can see that from the words of the Shulchan Aruch or the Ramah, but it seems that we try to fulfill both opinions. However, Rabbi Akiva Ega really sharpens the machloket between Rabbeinu Yona and Rashi, bringing us a very, very sharp nafkamina. Says Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva Ega in Siman Tetzayin, Aval ani navoch b'chol nashim habriyot I'm confounded whether 
women are obligated to eat on Erev Yom Kippur. Now, why would I think that women aren't obligated? We've just been learning in Dach Yomi, the Masechet Kiddushin, the Gemara tells us that Kol Mitzvot Asei Shazman Grama, women are pturot. Any time-bound positive mitzvah that women are obligated, uh, any time-bound positive mitzvah, women are exempt from. It's only time-bound negative commandments that women uh, have to fulfill. So although they have to fast on Yom Kippur, but this is a mitzvah, I say, it's a positive commandment, and it's time-bound. I have to eat Erev Yom Kippur. So he says, the F Sharshem Turot Kumo called Mitzvotas Shazman Grammar, right? The Ayen, the Keset Mishnah, the Hilch of the Darin, the Mistapek in Hach Drasha, or let's keep the bracket, or no. Kevan the Kra, Mafikla, Belashon, Betisha, Lachodesh, Bere, Velomar, the Have, Keilu, Hitanechi, Vasili. And the Gemara used the phrase, it's as if one fasted on the ninth and the tenth. If I'm chayav on the to fast, then I'm chayav in the pasuk v'initem lechol There could be that if I follow the shita of Rashi, then it makes sense that women are chayav to eat as well. Why are they chayav to eat? Because it's part of the din of fasting, meaning it's a chiyuv to fast. And therefore, the Torah tells me I have to prepare myself to fast. And since women are chayav in fasting, the Torah connects the preparation of the fast to the fast itself. So there's a big svara to say, according to Rashi, but dying women are chayav to eat Erev Yom Kippur. On the other hand, if I understand how Rabbeinu Yonah understood the chiyuv to eat as being that this is celebrating the mitzvah of the day, of, of the simcha of the day. So that is like any mitzvah, asay shazman grama, lich or a woman, it's not necessarily connected to preparing me for the fast. Women would be exempt. So Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva Ege doesn't, leaves it as a question. Interestingly enough, his grandson, the Ketav Sofer, now we know that uh, the Khatam Sofer was the son-in-law of Rabbi Akiva Ege. Not sure if I've mentioned this before. I always, I always uh, imagined the Khatam Sofer, if he's the son-in-law of Rabbi Akiva Ega, he must be 30 years younger than Rabbi Akiva Ega. The truth is, the Khatam Sofer was one year younger than Rabbi Akiva Ega. One year younger, and uh, it was his second marriage. He married the daughter of, um, or her second marriage, of the daughter of um, Rabbi Akiva Ega, and he married her, and uh, they had a child, and that child was the Ketav Sofer. So the Ketav Sofer is the grandson of Rabbi Akiva Ega. Shabti varayiti isha. So he discusses the child of his grandfather. And then he says, I revisited the issue. Varayiti isha Women are obligated for two reasons. Yeah? First of all, came in the Nakalan Mitzvazo Mitish Allah Hodesh Berev, Kolacho Bachi, Kilomitanebachi, Vasiri, Koshen Yeshno Batari Tasiri, Itabachilachi, Chauhelk Mitane Hashev, Ukain, Hekesha, the Zahor Vashamor. So he says he thinks the reason is since the Torah connected them, it's like the negative mitzvah is connected to the positive mitzvah, and just as on Hilchot Shabbat. We know that women are obligated not to violate Shabbat, so they're also obligated in the positive commandments of Shabbat. What are they? Kiddush, Shabbos, uh, etc. Perhaps. Oneg Shabbos, Kabot Shabbos. Lichora, they're all connected. Zachor v'shamor. So he says the same principle would apply over here. V'od, furthermore, v'yoter yeshlomar, the zilbata time. Go behind the logic. The cut of Rashi, for Rashi said, Right? Rashi said that basically it's a preparation. Prepare yourself in order that you're able to uh, um, in order that you're able to fast. That's the end. That's the Rashi. 
ויהן מתוק לשון הטור שכתב, wrote, שהוא מאהבת השם יתברך. This is from the love of Hashem, שלא יזיק להם התענית. The tour says, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want us to have a mitzvah to eat? He doesn't want the force to chas v'sholem damage us. וכמעט אי אפשר להעמיס הכדרשה לכל האוכל בלשון עינוי, אלא על פי פירוש רש"י. The only way you can explain the pasuk and the drash of Chazal is going with the opinion of Rashi, that it's some type of preparation. And therefore he says, וכיוון דמשום האחי הוא בוודאי מסתבר דנשים מחויבות גם כן. If it's a din in preparation, definitely women are also obligated. Okay? וכן נשי לא באו כוח, women don't need to prepare themselves, they don't need to strengthen their bodies to be able to, to, to fast, but they, they can. And therefore says, uh, the Ketav Sofer women are definitely chayav to eat uh, on Arab Shabbos as well. We'll just point out that according to the reason of Rabbi Rabbi Yana, perhaps there is reason to say that they are patron. But as I said, it seems like the Minaga Oilam is to be choishesh for both the Shita of Rashi and Rav uh, of Rashi and Rabbeinion. Okay. Let us move on to the sugya of asking forgiveness from others. We know the, the Rambam, the Gemara says that the Rambam Paskinans that Ein Yoma Kippurim Mechaper that the day of Yom Kippur does not atone for any sins. doesn't help that he's got to go and appease and he's got to appease his friend regarding Ben Adam Lechavero. So when it's Aseretia Meik Tshuva, Aseretia Meik Tshuva, we have to focus on all the Averis that we've done to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we also have to realize that this is a time to, to ask forgiveness for, for Ben Adam Lechavero. And not only that, that Yom Kippur is not going to help us if we haven't uh, if we haven't sorted out all our issues. Ben Adam Lechaver. Now, if this is um, just wondering whether we should speak, this is a whole long, uh, long dishonest. I'll say it out loud because there seems to be a contradiction in the Rambam. The Rambam says, on the one hand, that let's say. I, uh, I I crashed into someone's car. Okay, I was driving. I think these uh, things happen. Accidents. I crashed into someone's car, so I caused the person damage. I caused the person damage. Do am I chayav? Am I chayav to ask forgiveness for, for 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 damages? So the Rambam seems to imply that as long as I pay the damages then we, we're good to go, meaning that's that's it. But in another place, the Rambam says that even if I damaged, let's say I stole from someone and I damaged whatever, then I would, I, I, even if I pay, it doesn't help. I still have to go and ask forgiveness. So which one is it? You know, when I crash someone's car, do I just say, Tov, I'm sorry, I'll pay? Or even without saying sorry, just I'll pay and game over. Or do I still have to ask forgiveness for causing the uh, the balagan? Says the Lechem Mishnah. Let's just read the, uh, the Lechem Mishnah over here. Source number 13. Although in Yilchot Tshuva, the Rambam wrote, when it comes to Yilchot Tshuva, the Raman says, if I stole something from someone, even if I've returned the object, I'm not going to get Tshuva until I ask forgiveness. I have to go and ask Mechila from the person. So, so while with yeah, regarding the Gazlan, does the Rambam say, I returned it, I paid it my dues. No, you have to ask forgiveness. Whereas crashing of the car, it sounded like, according to the Rambam, I just needed to pay. So he said, Gazla, 
ועוד שצייר הרבה לנגזל שניקח ממנו בעל כורחו. זה very different, there's a big difference between a person going and stealing something from someone. Yes, there was a monetary loss, but it's very different if there's monetary loss because I crashed into the person's car by mistake or I stole from him. The person feels a lot more uh, hurt when something was stolen from him, then uh, things happen. I didn't, I didn't get any, uh, any benefit. The, 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 the person who crashed the car, I didn't get benefit from crashing your car. And therefore the Nizak, the person whose car is crashed, hasn't got the same tsar as if his car was stolen. And that's really the, the, the nafkamina. And that's why the Rambam says in the one, you have to ask forgiveness and the other, you don't. Okay, let's move on to the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch over here and discusses the laws of Hilchot Shuva. And where does he put it? He puts it on Erev Yom Kippur. We said that Yom Kippur doesn't help for sins between people. And even if you just through words um, you upset the person. And every time you should take three people. But once you've asked three times, then you, you've done what you can. But if he is your teacher, your rabbi, then the three time limit doesn't, doesn't uh, hold. The person who's receiving, he should not uh, right, uh, be cruel and not forgive a person. But the Rama adds something. The Rama says, there's one exception to the rule. If a person has disgraced your name in public, then you don't need to forgive a person. Um, okay, let's see. Mishnah uh, Burr just uh, points out that although this mitzvah of trying to to appease your friend is 365 days of the year it doesn't it's not necessarily connected to Yom Kippur but this is like, there's no, you have to do it before Yom Kippur. So really, you got to have to do it every day, but you have to do it on Yom Kippur because otherwise you're not going to go into Yom Kippur with, with, with Kapara. And definitely, if he's got something that he's stolen, then he has to, he definitely has to do something about it. And anything regarding Mamon, he should uh, try and uh, sort things out before Erev Yom Kippur. Um, that, that's a big thing. He says, says the Mishnah Barah. We have to realize that stealing is, uh, is one of the things that is, is really going to mess up our our score sheet on Yom Kippur. Now, we're all thinking to ourselves, Gezel, okay, I'm not a grand robber, I'm not in, sitting in prison, that's not, thank God, that's not on my list. The truth is, the Gemara says, one of the, Gezel is one of the three things that all of us are over. We all are over. Whether it's we took a pen by mistake, you know, this happens often, you're, you're in an office and uh, and all of a sudden, you, you they all give you a pen to sign the signature and walk out, you're driving 
two hours away and you get home and you see the pens in your pocket. It's okay? It wasn't grand theft and it wasn't intended, but we all have these problems of gezel. You owe people money, you tended to pay them and you forgot to pay them. These things happen, but the problem is it's gezel. So a person should really do cheshbon nefesh, uh, have have they clear go through their accounts books and uh, check that everything is uh, check that everything is is balanced. Okay, Vita says the Bach. Um, uh, I'm just what I'm trying to think. Okay, the Bach over here says that. Uh, when if you did something wrong to someone, you have to spell it out. Uh, this is from the Trashot of the Mahari, from the Maharash. And this is this is the Vemis. Just as we write when it comes to Vidui which we'll discuss later on, that there's a chiyuv to do vidui um, <clears throat> in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is the same thing. You have to confess and specify. There's no difference between this and uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is the argument of the, uh, um, of the Bach. However, Rabbi Israel Salant points out that it's not so, it's not entirely correct. Rabbi Israel Salant says, Lichora, Vadai, there's a big difference. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows everything that I did. HaKadosh Baruch Hu even knows what I'm thinking, all my, 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 my incorrect thoughts. So when I do vidoy, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not being mechadesh anything to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He's got it all, all all written. I'm. I'm just you know rehashing whatever Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, knows. So vaday. That's when there's an element of the more I can elaborate on exactly the avera, the better. However, I'm going to my friend, and now my friend doesn't know what I said about him, or maybe does, but he doesn't know exactly what I said about him. So now I'm going to elaborate every last point of what I did. Here, the person on the receiving end, now I'm going to really insult him. If he wasn't hurt before, he's definitely going to be hurt. So, so there's a big difference between confessing in front of a Kodesh Baruch who's uh, versus someone who doesn't know and I'm just going to hurt him. So if you look at the footnote here, Rabbi Shal Salanta, held that it's better not to specify the specific sin committing if doing so will cause the victim to be more upset than he was beforehand, even if physical or monetary damage was caused. Lichora, but it could be that you can't get a full kapara. Meaning, and Rabbi Shal Salanta says, you might not be able to get the full kapara, but that's still the uh, that's still what a person has to do Erev Yom Kippur. Okay, let's move on to, if we're already discussing Vidoy, let me just uh, mention two interesting points on Vidoy regarding uh, the mitzvah of Vidoy. We know that the Rambam, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you, the Rambam says um, in his, where is it, the Rambam, uh, can you see my, my screen? The Rambam? No? Can't see it? Okay. Uh, yeah, can't see it. No. Okay. That's the Chaval. So the Rambam says in Perik uh, Bet of, of, of Hilchot Shuva, Yom HaKippurim Huzman Shuva Lekol Leachidul Rabim. Right? Yom Kippur is the time of forgiveness or to do forgiveness both for the individual and for the community. Kate's Machila, Slichal Israel, this is time for Slicha Machila for Am Israel, the Ficha, and therefore, Chayavim Hakol Asot Shuva Ulehit Vadot, the Yom Hakipurim. A person has to do Shuva 
and confess on Yom Hakipurim. Meaning, according to the Rambam, the mitzvah of the day on Yom Kippur is to do the bidui, is to confess. It's, whether it's a, a chilek in, in tshuva or whether it's the maise, uh, the maise mitzvah and the, the, the feeling is the kiyuma mitzvah, many achronim have discussed it. But the pashtas is doing the bidui is part of or the mitzvah of the day according to the Rambam. Yafe. Now we find something very, very unique. If we look at the video that we do in the in the Mahzor, in our private Amida, where does the video take place? The video takes place at the end of the Shmonaisha. At the end of the Shmonaisha. In fact, according to the Ramah, you first say Yularaton Refi. The Vilna Gaul says, no, 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 you can't say that because then you finished. So you say it before the Yularaton. But everyone agrees it's mamish, mamish. It's after the brocha of, 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 of Sim Shalom. You, you know, you pretty much it's at the end. Whereas when it comes to when it comes to the Shaliach Tzibor, Chazarat Hashayats, he does it in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the Amida, before we get to Ritzay. And the question is why? So firstly, Rav Soloveitchik points out that according to the Ramban, the Chiyuv of Vidui, one of the fulfillments of Vidui is it has to be while davening. Why does it have to be while davening? It has to be while davening because it has to be Lifnei Hashem. You have to do a confession when you're standing in front of the king. What does it mean standing in front of the king? Well, when you're davening, that's when you're standing in front of the king, right? However, however, when it comes to the uh, when it comes to after your tefillah and you do vidui salich ora, it's not lifnei Hashem. So that's why you have to always do it as part of the tefillah. But we still have an answer. Why is it that when it comes to chazarata shatz, it's in the middle of the tefillah, which makes a lot of sense. Whereas when it comes to the 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 end of uh, your private amida. There, you do it at the end. So I think, and Rav Soloveitchik also points out that there are two separate vidui. The vidui in Chazarat Hashatz is a vidui for um, for the tzibur, right? It's, you're being part of Klal Yisrael, and you're davening on behalf of Klal Yisrael. It's not really your private uh, Averas. Where it comes to the vidui in your private Shmona Yisrael, that's my private Averas. And I think the answer could be as follows. Perhaps the swara is that when it comes to my private vidui, when does a person, when is a, able, a person really able to confess that they've done something wrong? When, 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 when do we really feel the guilt? And I, I think the best way to feel the guilt is not only if you look at the, the Amida, how it's built, we first mamlicha kodesh baruchu v'chein tein pach decha v'timloch ata Hashem levadecha, and then we do a natan etokev, and we 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 do in the 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 avoda of the coin gadol. That's all great. And then what do we do? We do a bracha of hoda modim. Modim. All of these things lead me up to clarifying that God is the king of the world. I have a mission. I haven't lived up to a mission. I used to be able to get kapara, but I, when there was a Beit HaMikdash, now I don't have a Beit HaMikdash. I used to have kapara with the Asura Harugei Malchut, with the uh, with great uh, sages like the Tanaim, like Rabbi Akiva. There's no longer that. The only option is for me to do vidui. But just before I do vidui, what does, what do Chazal put in in the Machzor? Modim. Because I think the, personally, the, the, the time when I really, really am able to confess and, and, and say to Akash Baruch Hu that I've sinned is when I first focus on all the good that he's given me in my life. When a person, when we want to give a guilt trip to our kids and we say, how could you have done that? Like we say, after everything that we've done, this is how you treat us, meaning you want to, you want to first show them all the good that they've received, and then you put on the guilt trip. So that too, in our private Amida, we first want to focus on the 
modim on all the good that Akash Baruch has given us, and only after that will we able to be to make a more meaningful confession, a more meaningful confession. Okay, end of that uh, parenthesis explanation of the uh, machzor. Let's go back to where we were in our soul sheet. Okay. The laws of fasting on Yom Kippur, we'll just say this briefly, it's not just the laws of fasting. The Torah tells us, um, the Pasuk says, You have to afflict yourself. And we know that according to Chazal, there are five or six afflictions, depending on whether you count eating and drinking as one or two. So we know we're not allowed to eat and drink. We know we are not allowed to wash our bodies. We're not allowed to anoint our bodies. Tashmish uh, marital relations, and wearing leather shoes. Those are the five, and if you, according to your shalmi, eating and drinking are considered separate, or six prohibitions that lifora are prohibited from the Torah. However, the truth is, it's a big machlok at Rishonim, whether everything is midoraita or really it's midorabanan. According to the Rambam, the Isur, the oraita, is only eating and drinking. The other afflictions are really rabbinical. That's the easiest way to understand the Rambam. But the other Rishonim hold that no, all five of the prohibitions are, all five of the prohibitions are midoraita. It is true that only eating and drinking is an Isur Karate. If you eat and drink, you get Karate, but the others are still a Torah violation. If they're a Torah violation, we have to ask a question. Why is it that we found in the Gemara in Masechet Yuma that there's certain leniencies for a newly married bride to wash and a king to wash himself? If it's a Dindor writer, the Torah doesn't stipulate the, that, you know, a king this din doesn't apply to a king or to a bride. Where, where, how could Chazal make a distinction? And the run over here gives a very, very important rule. He says there is a halachic mechanism called Masran Hakatum Lachachamim, meaning that sometimes the Torah gave the sages permission to define the Torah violation. Meaning the Torah says, we need them What is included in that? Here, the Torah says, you know what? I'm going to let Chazal define it. And if Chazal say, you know what? Washing is a problem, but for a king it's not. Then that's the din. And it's a din writer. That is a huge chidush that the Ran points out. We found this in few and four, this mechanism, it's also mentioned regarding, there's a big debate on what uh, malachot are prohibited on Cholomoyed. Is it an Isidorite? Is it an Isidorabanan? And this idea comes back again, that if it is an Isidorite, so how come all these leniencies, and for, for, you know, for all different things, five different leniencies, and says the Gemara, and says again, I think it's the Ramban, uses the same phrase, Masran, that the Torah gave the dispensation to the rabbis to define what is considered the, the, the Yisra, what isn't considered the Yisra. So, now that we've said that, let's go back to the prohibition of eating. The Shulchan Aruch says, The prohibition is unlike usual prohibitions, which is a kazayit. We know all shiurim of eating are generally a kazayit, the size of an olive. Here, the the Shulchan Aruch is telling us something else. It's just less than a kapeta. We're talking about a big date, which is just less than a kapeta. Doesn't make a difference whether you're small, whether you're og, a giant. You're not allowed to eat. If a person ate that, they would be chayav karet. If you ate less than that, that would be an isodoraita because we paskan halacha lamaiseh chatsi shir asur min hatara. We paskan akravi yachanan that chatsi shir is asur min hatara. So even if a person used, it would eat a small amount, 
right? He would be over in Isidoraita. Wouldn't be over. He wouldn't get the punishment of Karet, but he would definitely be over in Isidoraita. But that distinction is going to be critical for people that need to eat. For people that need to eat medically, and they've asked the Shaila to the doctor and the rabbi, and they say they need to eat. So here we're going to come to uh, the distinction between how much they should eat. Says the Shulchan Aruch. Even less than this amount is still going to be asur min um, because of this idea that the Gemara Paskins now, when it comes to uh, people that are able to eat, we find that basically two categories. We find the category of a sakana, a person who is uh, imminently sick in a life-threatening situation, and in such a case, the doctors say that they have to eat. And here it's very interesting. If the doctor says that they have to eat and the patient doesn't want to eat, we listen to the doctor. If the, pay, if the doctor says you can eat and the patient says, sorry, uh, the, the, the doctor says you can fast and the patient says I can't, the Gemara says that a person intuitively knows themselves and therefore we listen to the patient. Okay. Um, <clears throat> obviously, practically, one should uh, ask one's local rabbi to go into more details, but those are just very broad brushes for uh, for this topic. But uh, again, if my uh, my thirteen year old son says, "I'm starving. I need to. Uh, I need to eat," you know, I don't think it doesn't necessarily mean regarding that. We're obviously talking about a sick person, and we're talking about a person who's in a, uh, he's mentally um, stable, meaning if a person's not mentally stable, so it's not so clear that we can take into account. They might be patter because if they're not mentally stable, but it's not that the concept, if the person's not mentally stable, it's not clear that we hold this uh, principle of that we take it uh, in all circumstances. So again, there are various cases and nuances of that. So that is one category and that is Chole The second category is women that are nursing or pregnant women. Now, Lichara, women that are nursing or pregnant women, what is their status? So here it says the Gemara Psach in Nundalet, Darash Raba, Ubarot, Umenikot, pregnant woman, Umenikot, and nursing woman. They have to fast and complete the fast. So Rabbi here was talking about Tishabat, and he says, just like Yom Kippur, they have to fast, so to on Tishabat. And <clears throat> that is basically the halacha, that a pregnant woman has to, has to fast. However, the Mishnah does say as follows, an ubarashe hiricha, a pregnant woman who smells food, we said that if a pregnant woman says, I really need to, uh, I need to eat, we take her seriously and we let her eat until she calms down. Chole, person is sick, I'll pee the kid. There we go according to the experts. Vincham bekin, and if they're not experts, we go according to his own opinion. Says the We first just give her a, a bit of the gravy. Okay, that was enough. Good. Then you've got to go for the actual fact. And this is let's just read the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch in Arachain, Tafresh, Yud Zayin, Paskins. Firstly, the halacha is 
that pregnant woman need to fast and nursing woman need to fast. That's a pshat of the shulchan. However, in a situation where a pregnant woman right, uh, starts smelling and he adds, and her face changes even if she doesn't say anything. But if she doesn't say anything, but if she does say something, we say to her, first we tell her, you know, you remember today's Yom Kippur. If that's good enough to restore her, good. But if not, we feed her. We feed her until um, the case. Now the Pitzkei Chuvot says, We're worried about Unless she has already uh, had two miscarriages, or, or, very important, Whether uh, if the sage, a doctor prohibits her because of her uh, complicated uh, pregnancy, etc. Or dimum, or tzirim muktamim. I think I've uh, mentioned this uh, in the previous shirim. My wife was uh, nine months pregnant um, with twins. Uh, it was almost full term. Um, I think it was uh, 36 weeks or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And uh, we asked the Rav, we asked the doctors, and they said she could fast. But we just need to monitor it. I came back five minutes. I kept on checking in on her. I came back just before Noila, and she says that her um, what's it says? It's Sirim. The um, can't remember the English uh, word for it. Um, Sirim or the um, uh, where, where was it over here in the English over here? Birth pains, contractions. Sorry, contractions. Right. So when it when it comes to, she started contractions literally half an hour before the end of Yom Kippur. So I ran to call the doctor. The doctor came. He also happens to be a rav, and he says she has to drink. So she said, "Okay, I'll drink shiurim." He said, absolutely not. We have to stop these uh, contractions and you have to drink uh, You have to drink a whole two glasses of orange juice straight away and he poured a whole big glass, made her drink it and then poured another glass and made her drink it. He said, if, if you would have done uh, shirim, it wouldn't have been enough or quick enough. It wouldn't have kicked in quick enough to stop the contractions and that would have brought about an early birth. So a person has to know the uh, the limitations. So even though we say that women have to fast, one should definitely ask a doctor what exactly are the scenarios regarding your specific, uh, one specific pregnancy, how far they are. And even if it's uh, according to most poskim, bringing on a, um, bringing on a, a, a birth, is problematic, even if it's pretty much come to full term. We don't we don't try and uh, bring on bring on a birth, but that is something that needs to be looked at more closely at every pregnancy. But so in this case, since it was two weeks before, it was no doubt that uh, it was a problem, and that's how we stopped it. Okay, um, just going to see what I can. Finish over here. Let's just bring a, a woman who's already given birth. So a woman is already given birth. So let's just read the Shulchan Aruch. A woman after she's given birth, she should not fast at all. From three days until seven days. She said she needs to eat. We, we, we feed her. But after seven days, she basically needs to fast unless there's a reason she should be fasting. Now, 
How do you count the three days? Says the Shulchan Aruch, The three days, you don't count 72 hours. You don't say, oh, the baby was born 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Let's go from there, count 72 hours. No, says the Shulchan Aruch. If a woman gave birth one minute before Shkia, so she gave birth, let's say, that's day one, according to the Shulchan Aruch. So when Yom Kippur comes, it might be the fourth day, but it's it's literally it's literally like 58 hours after or 59 hours after she gave birth. Nevertheless, according to the Shulchan Aruch, she is now out of the category where she shouldn't be fasting. She's into the middle category of if she wants, we can fast. If not, not. But the Mishnah Brura Dafka argues. Mishnah Brura says, "Ayin en siman shin lamed be Mishnah Brura the kama poskim sovereign." So even the seven days we go according to we go according to the time of birth and then we start counting seven seventy seven twenty-four hour periods or for the three days. 72 hours. That is the ruling of the Mishnah Brura, which I think uh, most of the world have accepted to be lenient and don't necessarily follow the Shulchan Aruch. Okay, we'll stop there for today. Wishing everyone a Gemar Chatima Tova, Bezrat Hashem. It should be a year good for, for us and call Am Yisrael. Okay. We'll meet next week. Next week, I'll get back to you, okay? Okay. Be okay. well. Be well, everybody. Be well. Call to... Call Bye. To.